Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Perky Avos podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, living with the ethics of the Torah. For this week's Mishnah, Perek Dalid, Mishnah Chav Dalid, Chapter 4, Mishnah 24. Shmuel HaKatan Oimer. Shmuel HaKatan, which literally means the small, said, when your enemy falls, do not be glad. And when he stumbles, let your heart not be joyous. Lest Hashem see and it displease him, and he turn his wrath from him to you. This is a quote from Mishlei, from Proverbs. Shmuel HaKatan is quoting a passage from Proverbs. When your enemy falls, don't be happy and don't be joyous if he stumbles because maybe if Hashem sees you're happy for your enemy's downfall, he's going to get angry at you. So there's two different parts of this Mishnah which we have to look into. The first part of the Mishnah the first idea of the Mishnah, which I want to discuss, was the, 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 the Tana of the Mishnah, Shmuel HaKatan. It's an interesting name that the Mishnah is referring to the teacher of this Mishnah. HaKatan literally means the small. Where did this name come from? Where did Shmuel HaKatan get his name from? The Gemara brings down that Shmuel HaKatan was one of the greatest sages of his generation. So the question is, why is he referred to as Hakatan, the small one? It's The answer to that is that in order to make a differentiation from him to, to Shmuel the prophet, Shmuel, Shmuel Anavi, Samuel the prophet, so therefore the Gemara felt the need to refer to him as Shmuel the Hakatan, Shmuel the small one, because you might get mixed up. Shmuel the prophet and Shmuel the Katan. We know in Judaism that as generations go back, the further back you go, the greater, the greater the generations were. And as you go down, the, the generations are not as great. So it would be improper for us to refer to Shmuel if it would get us this. To, it would be improper for us to Shmuel, refer to Shmuel HaKatan as Shmuel if get mixed up with Shmuel HaNavi because he was, he was that great. We, we just want to make a distinction. So the question is, is how could we have gotten mixed up between the two? Atana is a Tana, he's an author of a Mishnah, and Shmuel Hanavi, Samuel the prophet, was a prophet. Prophecy ended at a certain point. So obviously the people from the last generations, if someone was a prophet, they're obviously greater. Why do we have to make a need to differ differentiate between Shmuel, Shmuel the prophet and Shmuel HaKatan? So the answer that I saw that brought down by the commentary is that Shmuel Hanavi and Shmuel HaKatan, even though they weren't on the same levels, they did share one thing in common, which caused us to make a distinction between the two. Is that Shmuel HaNavi and Shmuel HaKatan, they weren't on the same level. Shmuel HaKatan was not on the same level as Shmuel HaNavi. But he was, he did fulfill his potential, that just like Shmuel HaNavi fulfilled his potential. That he was able to, to bring out the best in himself, to, do the, to be the most he could be. And that is something that they both shared. And really, the, the lesson for us is that you know, we're not able to, to say that we should be a Moshe Rabbeinu. 
We should be like a Shmuel HaNavi, a Samuel the prophet. But what we could say is that we could be as great as Shmuel HaNavi or, or Moshe Rabbeinu in the fact that we can fulfill our potentials, that the potentials that we have, the abilities that God has given us, we could be the best we can be. So fine, maybe it's not, we're not the same as Moshe Rabbeinu. We're not the same as Shmuel HaNavi, but we can be the best we can be. And when we do the best we can, and we are, we fulfill our potential. So then in a sense, we're like Moshe Rabbeinu because we're achieving greatness in the same way. And that's really what Hashem, that's only that's the only thing that Hashem expects of us. He doesn't expect us to be Moshe Rabbeinu. He knows that it's we're on a different level. He doesn't expect us to be Samuel the prophet. He knows we're not prophets. But what he does expect of us is that it, the potential that he has given each and every one of us, he wants us to use that potential. He wants us to strive. He wants us to be better. Each one of us on our own level. Each one of us with our own strengths. And that's why the Mishnah had to make a differentiation between Shmuel the prophet and Shmuel HaKatam because they both excelled in their potential and in specific areas in their spiritual quests. So let's continue. As I mentioned before, the Mishnah is a quote, an exact quote from the book of Proverbs. And the question we can ask, what's the point, if I would say it like, you know, so blunt, for the Mishnah to quote something which we already have written down? Why is Pirkei Avos, which is meant to teach people, to give people lessons in life, to guide us in how we should conduct ourselves <coughs> between each other and with our relationship with Hashem, why are, we, why are we recording for posterity a teaching which is quoted already in Proverbs? It's written down. Why does it have to be transcribed again in Pirkei Avos? So there's two answers which I want to give tonight for this question. In Pirkei Avos, the teachers of each one of these Mishnahs, they didn't just say these teachings. They lived the teachings that they taught. And each one of the Mishnahs that we have listed so far, each teacher, they themselves live the teaching that they taught. Meaning if they said, do this with your life, do not do this, they lived it. They embodied that teaching. So therefore, it was proper for them to give it over. Shmuel HaKatan, one of the teachings that was commonly heard from him was this quote from the, from the book of Proverbs. And that's why the Mishnah is bringing it down. But I still feel that doesn't do, the question still bothers me to a degree. Why are we bringing down exact quote again from the book of Proverbs if we have it already? Perkeavos is meant to teach us lessons in life, interpersonal relationships. What is the connection? So the answer is, is that there is a major connection from this quote in, in Proverbs to our daily life and our relationship with others. We all have relationships with different types of people. Some people we like more, some people we don't like as much. We might have people we call enemies or adversary adversaries people who we view as bad, we don't view them as good people for whatever reason. And the Mishnah is giving us an important insight on our outlook when it comes to people who are, maybe we consider them our adversaries 
or enemies or people we view as evil. When we see somebody or we look at someone and we think they're not a good person, and maybe we're justified for thinking that way because of the way they act, because of what they do. The Mishnah is reminding us to think of them as a person. Don't just think of them as your enemy, as your adversary. Because under all the layers of this person you're looking at and all the bad things that they're doing or we think that they're doing is a person. There is an aspect of good in there. Each person has a godly soul and there is good in each and every person. So when we look at our enemies, do we just see someone total evil? Or do you say, we look under the layers and try to see the good in people, that there is some good. It's a person there. It's not just all bad. There is an aspect of good in there. And it's true that they have done wrong. They have done bad things, but Hashem still loves that person. And we don't know for sure how they're viewed in Hashem's eyes. We don't know how God looks at these people. It could be that this person who we look as bad, in God's eyes, they have a special place because we don't have the whole calculation of everything. We've talked about this in past weeks. We don't have the whole picture. Things are deeper than our eye sees. And this person might've done one thing in their life and it was so hard for them and they did it for the right reasons with pure intentions and God loves them because of that. So we don't know the calculations of everything in the world. And when we see a bad thing happen to our enemy, we shouldn't be happy about it because number one, there's a person there and there is some good and we don't know the exact calculation of why that happened to that person. And this really brings me to another point which I want to bring out from here. There used to be somebody in one of my yeshivas that I went to who was just a very annoying person. There's people like that. I'm sure we all know people. They're not bad. They're just annoying people to deal with for whatever reason. Maybe some of them great on our nerves. Maybe some of them just are bothersome or they they take up a lot of attention. There's different reasons for every person. And I remember very clearly at a certain point, I decided to myself, I said, you know what? I have to stop looking at this person or picturing this person as this annoying person. I'm going to try to look at the good in the person. I'm going to try to look at the good in him. I remember that I made a conscious effort to find one thing good about him and try to focus in on it. And you know what? After a little while of doing that, the negative feelings that I had associated towards this person went away. And I was able to see the good in the person. And to not look at him in the negative way that I had looked at that I had been looking at him till then. So the lesson here is besides for our enemies, people in general, there are certain types of people, or we are we are a certain way that we tend to look at people, certain types of people negatively. I think one of the teachings of this Mishnah is that we should also try to look at people in a positive light as well. If even for our enemy, we should try to find the good in them and not be happy when they fall. So even for regular people, which we deal with, which we maybe have associations, negative associations with, or we, we, we look at a certain way, like they're interesting, they're weird, they're funny. We should find it within ourselves to look at them in a more positive light. That's one idea. That's two points from the beginning of the Mishnah. Number one is look at our adversaries as people too, because we ultimately don't know 
the calculations. And number two is trying to find the good in people. The second part of the Mishnah is interesting. It says, Pen yira Hashem apo. Let your heart not be joyous, lest Hashem see and it displease him, and he and let him let he turn his wrath from you, from him to you. The Mishnah is bringing up an interesting point. When a person sees something bad that happens to another, it doesn't have to be someone's enemy, because we're we constantly judge people. It's human nature. We have to work on it, but we are constantly judging people and looking at people. So when something bad happens to somebody else, especially to somebody who is our enemy who are, or ha, who somebody who has wronged us, we'll say to ourselves, actually, that happened because he did this bad thing to me. It doesn't have to be to me. He did this bad act. Or they were acting in this way. So when, a, when we think God is punishing other people and God's our personal enforcer, it sort of turns the tables upon us. There's an important lesson. When we see bad things happen to other people, we can't look at it that God just did our will. God just punished that person because they punished us back. True, we know there's a concept of mida keneged mida, that God punishes measure for measure, and that's how the system works. But when we see something happen, we have to resist that urge to make that judgment call. When we see our enemy fall, we can't say it happened because of this. We have to turn away and look the other way and not make that judgment call because it ties back to our first idea that we just don't know. We don't know the exact cal calculation. As clear that it may seem, we cannot do that. When a person does do these things, when he says, oh, it happened because of this, and you think that God's doing your will, it puts yourself in a position where, where God says, Oh, you think you're happy that someone else got punished? Let's take a look at your record. You know, you're so confident that you're right and you're in the good and you're in the green. We're going to look in the books and see how you're doing. And that's what it means at the end of the Mishnah that Hashem is going to turn from that person, from the bad person, and look at you. Because if we are happy with the downfall of another, we're sort of confident in our position. We're showing that I'm good. That's why, and I'm good, and that's why that guy over there got punished, because he deserved it. So God says, oh, he deserved that? Let's see what you deserve. So it turns the table upon the person. A quick review for our Mishnah. Shmulah Katan, the lesson that we could learn from that is that the comparison to Shmul Hanavi, why it was necessary to make the distinction, because they both fulfilled their potentials. And the lesson is for us that we could be like Moshe Rabbeinu in the fact that we can fulfill our potential that God has given us. Number two was the quote from Mishlei, from Proverbs. Why are we quoting an exact quote from Proverbs and bringing it down again if it's written already? So the first idea was that these teachers, they didn't just teach, they lived it. And this is what Shmuel Hanavi said throughout his life. And we continued it with another answer that this idea that looking at people as people, looking under the layers of the bad and trying to find the good in people. And this is really a good thing for us to do. It doesn't have to be our enemies, for people just to look for the good. When we see people sometimes, we think they might look funny if they don't look the same as us, or they act a little differently. Try to find that good. You could look for one thing specifically, and it helps change the view of the person how you view that person, and it really helps. And the last idea is that we should not look, we have to resist the urge when we see something bad happening to somebody who has done bad things. And we can't say it happened because of this, it happened because of that. You're right, maybe it did happen, 
because God decided there's some type of connection. Maybe there is. Maybe there is a mida kineged mida, a measure for measure going on here. But for us mortals, it's we must resist that urge to look at it as such. We have to turn away. And the final idea of the Mishnah, if we are happy about the downfall of another, it can turn the wrath of Hashem that he had onto us. It could turn the wrath of Hashem towards us, and we don't want that. And that's because when we look at Hashem as, a, as our personal enforcer, we're showing that, oh, we are confident in our position. I'm good. That person got punished because he did this. And Hashem says, oh, you're so confident that you're such a goodie? I'm going to look in the books and see how you're doing. And it could bring judgment upon us, and we don't want to do that. So for this week, that's going to finish for, this, for today's Mishnah. Thank you, everyone, for joining. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at rabbishlomakon at gmail.com. Today's Perkyavo share is dedicated in memory of the yard site of Mayor Eliezer Ben Leib Yitzchak. Is a Shamash Ravan Aliyah. Everyone have a good day.